0: If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with former National Football League player Corey Proctor. He was a member of three teams in the NFL, the Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys, and the Miami Dolphins. After six years in the league, he suffered a patellar tendon rupture in his left knee, which ended his career in the NFL, and led to the phenomenal work he is doing now to empower, inspire, and champion people to become their very best with relentless grit, endurance, and perseverance. Corey recently joined Mark Pattison in climbing Mount Kilimanjaro as part of Mark's Summit Project and Chris Long's Waterboys organization. Every season Green Beret and former Seattle Seahawk Nate Boyer joins Chris Long in challenging combat veterans and NFL alumni to join him in conquering Africa's highest peak Mount Kilimanjaro. Corey conquered it even after losing vision in one eye due to altitude sickness. He is a phenomenal example of resilience and speaks frequently about how to possess the habits that create greatness as a keynote speaker. Corey, it's an honor to have you on the Get Up Nation podcast.
1: Following your career in the NFL, you've committed yourself to championing people to be their very best through, the, through your speaking, your faith, and your commitment to serving others. Will you share why serving others to be their very best is one of your passions?
2: You know, it's funny because, um, and really, this it's kind of been a journey of my own. Right, since I got out in the league, I stopped playing, and it was kind of an abrupt end. So it wasn't by choice. I wanted to be I, you know, I'd still play if I could. But uh, I, I got into sales, a normal kind of uh, normal job, if you want to call that. We have this vision that the NFL, the pro spot there, is kind of the pinnacle or the top of the world position. And, and I come down to uh, reality. And so I come down to a normal sales position. But the thing was, is, was it was. It was weird going from a locker room atmosphere where we, okay, we have a whole lot of bravado, we have a whole lot of testosterone, but uh, we have a whole lot of confidence that, um, and even then, all right, we have our shortcomings, but I came to a normal position and found a crazy lack of it in the, in kind of the normal world I was sitting in. So what happened was like my normal um, attributes or the characteristics I got from football took off and really carried me into sales, which was great. So like in three months I shot up to the number one spot and stayed there forever and it was great and moved into a business development role and it was cool and, and all this stuff. But the thing was it was, was just funny is okay, I serviced gyms and sold a, a beverage product called Kill Cliff, and like I saw a bunch of different sales reps come and go and management come and go and I'm like and all these people had confidence issues for some reason. And I am and It was crazy because people get just, we, and I, and I'm susceptible to it too, but we just get caught up in our own emotion that uh, like either we're inferior, we're not good enough, or we're intimidated by a title. You know, somebody's a CEO and like he's above, he's above me. So for some reason I can't, I can't tell him what I think of a situation or, or whatever. There's, we put all these limitations on, on ourselves. And so all of a sudden we're capping ourselves out in all these different areas of life. And that's in relationships, jobs, whatever, and performance. And I'm like, okay, I see that. And it really kind of lit up to me after my faith got turned on. And we started going to church and, and gave my life to Jesus. And that's, you know, and, and you know, not to say you have to do that, but what I want to do is empower people because we're get, we get so caught up in this kind of condemnation role where I'm telling you, Ben, how to run your podcast. How to do your job. It's not the way I like it. It's not from my perspective. So it's wrong, right? Hmm. Instead of understanding where you're coming from and you're, you're projecting according from your perspective. So I'm like, if I can understand you, I can understand the whole scope and, and hmm. better articulate like, uh, let me, let me speak some life into you and like really highlight the good things that you're doing and see if I can't support maybe this areas you're struggling in you know, and, and so, I see. and, or, and then, and then on top of it, I'm like, if I, if you and I can connect, I can challenge you and you can challenge me in a whole different way. Hmm. Right. And so Amazing. I, so I start I see all this stuff and I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just talk to Will, but like, uh, no, I, see go for this, it, yeah. I see all this stuff like this, this kind of like negative, the, the condemnation and, and it's comes from so many different places. It comes from, you know, my own insecurities where I want to put you down. I want to make you down so I feel higher and and whatever the case may be comes from my background and relationships that I've been treated bad or whatever. But I'm like, let's flip the script a little bit and empower this in such a way like, hold up, brother. Like you, you might not be doing everything right, but you're standing here today. You've made it through a whole lot of garbage in your life. And you talk about resiliency, right? You've made it through a whole lot of different stuff in your life. And we're delivered to this point where you're standing right here, right now, just to be delivered through the next step you're going through. Hmm. And it's just, there's people put caps on their power. And I'm like, let's not do that, brother. He's, <laughs> so, <laughs> people are so powerful. I mean, I one in my talks, one of the, the examples I give the most was an invite to play football in seventh grade. Like. You know, going through my folks' divorce, and it was a tough time, and I'm still close to my folks, and they're crazy hard workers. But, you know, that was a struggling point for us. Went to a whole lot of different schools, and one guy makes an invite to play football that changes my life. Hmm. I mean, that's – I mean, and you might think an invite, a simple invite is not much, but I think that's pretty powerful when you, when you think they're like, where, I'm, where I, I ended up getting a scholarship to play football, go to the NFL, I meet my wife, I get my daughter, and I'm, we're having a
1: conversation right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the selflessness of your approach to serving others. It seems to me that one of the most powerful things that people experience is when they're told that they have value and where, where they're involved in something, where they're invited into something. You have played at the heights of the NFL, and so for you to invite people into your world is an honor, especially for people who feel feel powerless. I know I feel honored that you and I are talking right now. The, the multiple intelligences that Howard Gardner talked about, certainly an NFL athlete must be when it comes to kinesthetics and physicality, obviously off the charts in their ability to physically perform. But what I love is, is you take that to another dimension where, where you involve others and you invite them in to finding their potential. And I just think how when you said that, of you remarked about how powerful people are. And that is, in direct, that, is in, that is direct opposition to so many of the messages that we're receiving today. And it, it, it kind of gives me chills at that point. And I hope it gives every listener here uh, that sense to say, you know, that's right, because I think we sense that. I think we sense that. And uh, it's nice for you to say that, that to just kind of invoke that in people, uh, to have that perspective in their own life, to say, wait a minute. All these challenges that I'm facing, I am powerful. We can work together. Uh, to overcome these things and uh, be inspired by one another. So thank you for for saying that. Heck yeah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, well, and even then, it's funny because uh, I mean, like, look, I I love it. I mean, but I still have my shortcomings, and that's why I say when we connect rather than correct each other constantly, hmm. and when we connect first, we can keep each other accountable better. Hmm. So. okay okay, if we can connect I can get your purpose or I can get your vision or maybe you don't have one and I can and I can help you find that not where I'm going to just name it like hey this is what you're meant for but find your natural giftings and something that lights you up and like let's put you on a path to that and then you know those are some things that helps us keep us accountable so you know this Mm -hmm. this world's funny man I mean this is this world is addicted to negativity. You know, you look at the, hmm. at the um, media these days and, you know, when's the last time you looked, you know, you're watching the 5 o'clock news and you look next to your wife or whoever you're sitting next to and say, hey, I feel pretty good about America.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> is it home? Absolutely. I mean, like, Absolutely.
2: So it's it's like, like yeah, you see that, like, okay, and I understand everybody's got to make a buck for their families, but they've seen that we're addicted to that. So that's where their best return on investment is, is let's highlight the stuff that takes people off. Okay. And, and that's, that's what really gets us on fire. I mean, so like, okay, turn that off, cut off the distractions and let's, let's really focus on where the value is going to be and keep each other accountable to, to that. So like, that's what goes on is, you know, people get in their comfort places and, and, you know, you, you know, I'm like, I get mad at my boss and I come to you. Who's my buddy, employee, friend who, uh, you know, I like to complain to. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying complaining is, is necessarily bad because we got to vent and we got to get those feelings out I go, but there's gotta be a moment where action comes into play. Right. And so, you know, if I'm a, if you have a, a vision or a purpose or people in your life the right people in your life that can take a moment like that where I'm going to go complain to you about my boss about something and say alright what are you going to do about it
1: right.
2: and, and not be like ah, that sucks man You know, I'm, so I'll be thinking right. about you or whatever it's like alright what are you going to do now yeah. and, and I've seen that's what's wild is I've seen that even in the sales job as you see these reps come and go good people who are capable of big things they get, they get so overwhelmed by their emotion and they're like, it's black or white. All right. I'm out of here. And they don't maximize the situation. They'll try to talk to you about it and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling or this is what I love. I, I just scratched me up is, um, mentioned this earlier is, you know, I'm afraid of you because you're the CEO. Hmm. They're like, uh, I got to keep my role to a degree. Yes, but I got to, I got to stay where I'm. You know, I got to stay in my place and not hold you accountable. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, if there's a, if there's a character issue, now there's some different things that come into play in there. But if you got, you know, if there's something that breaks your character issues, your boss is doing or like keep it. I did it when I first got with the company to the CEO. He's the founder of the company and we had something happen, kind of a miscommunication. And I called him up and and I'm like, hold up. Are we keeping to our word on something or what? And he's, he was a former, he's a a former Navy SEAL, so he totally get it. He totally gets it. And he was, he was just kind of nodding. He's laughing because, you know, I'm just some sales rep telling the CEO, let's go. We're better than that. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. wow and, and, uh, and and a lot of that confidence comes obviously from playing football in the locker room and, you know, my size can help in the situation, but I mean, (laughs) there's so many people that can do the exact same thing and inject a different mm-hmm. life into the area they're sitting. Yeah. And yeah. And
1: that kind of leads them a question I had for you after I reviewed some of your recent interviews, you played football for six years at the highest level and, and you've described how in loss and defeat the least valuable trait in those moments is to finger point and blame. You've described how losses and defeat are moments of opportunity and have immense importance for people who are facing failure or loss in their life, what words do you have for them when it comes to getting back up and not letting losses define them? Those are
2: hard. It depend depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. When but in I guess kind of like a broad scope is you know if you have you hit a big hit in your life somehow, you gotta keep your purpose in life. So mm-hmm. if and not all of us have it yet. This is why identity, especially, identity all over the nation is a crisis issue. So, like, people don't know what they're out When you're talking about people who don't know what sex they are, I'm like, this is, that's an identity issue. Like, I don't know who I am. So, they're constantly in this search for this who am I type place, and they're, and they're putting investments in all these different people that are, who are in the same area, in this who am I struggle. And I'm like, hold up. No, I was, you're created for a purpose. You know, you, every bit of you was mated in, in delight and, and greatness. So like you are, then like every piece of you was created for an absolute purpose. Now, I can't tell you exactly what that's for, but I can tell you that purpose is going to have an impact on others, you know, and that might be with this podcast and it could be, you know, it could be the, the secretary working the phone
1: where, where, yep.
2: where you're, you're just making somebody feel welcome walking into a building. Mm-hmm. and I'm like you have an absolute person and like how many times you walk by and you do that you go through one of those scenarios and talk to your secretary and you walk by and you're like man I don't know who that person was out there but they were crazy nice hmm. and, right. like, and they just like you need to give them a raise or you say that about right. a server at a restaurant Yeah, you know the same happened, Absolutely. Like, and, and so it, I'd say when you're going through those hard times you know I have my faith, so I cling to God big time where, like, he has a specific purpose for me. But even if you don't have a faith like that, know you have a purpose, like, so just hold on to it. And if you don't, you're not quite sure what that would be, I would say use a person in your life that is, is close to you. Maybe it's a parent or a brother or sister or a child or someone and say, hey, I'm going to do it for this person. You know, my my brother and his wife are prime examples. They 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 lost a son. And... Mm. Less than 20% of marriages make it past losing a child. Wow. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's stacking the deck against Mm. you. Yeah. Right. But what they did in that is they, now they have, they have their own faith, but like what they did is they said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do something to make him proud. Mm. And they kind of kept him at a focal point, their son, and they, come on, you talk about perseverance where that's a hard thing to go through. And they uh they kept him as kind of a purpose. I remember in conversation with my brother and they kept moving and right now they kept going to the blessing that's on the other side and the gift that's on the other side and now they have two beautiful twin baby girls, you know, that they were scared to death to even take a swing at. Sure. <laughs> mm, you hey. know. So hey. I mean so yeah, if you're going through that, I'm like, hold on to whatever purpose that might be and and keep moving.
1: Because Absolutely. that
2: gift, that gift is right in front of your face. You don't. Need, you just
1: can't see it yet. That's the thing that that in the guests that I talk about who have suffered hardship, severe adversity, is a continual theme. Is these people who have endured these tremendous things. Once there's the initial blow, or there's the initial trauma, and then there's that that moment where people are reeling from it, where it reorients them, where it alters their whole world, where something that was solid turned to vapor, where they're. They're just uh, scattered trying to find some solid ground again. And then oftentimes what these guests are describing is one of the greatest gifts they've ever received was hidden in that initial wallop. They didn't understand it at first, but when they persevered and continued to move forward and did not give up and continued to draw from those inspiring things, and sometimes it's the only thing they have in those dark moments or wherever it is they cling to it, but they get to a point where they realized the, the initial trauma of that is actually one of the greatest gifts that they had ever experienced. And I also wanted to go back to what you were commenting about, where you talked about the secretary or the, the server at the restaurant. And I love that because there are so many stories of, of amazing things that happen. And I don't want people to ever feel that just because I'm a waiter at a restaurant or just because I'm a secretary, just because I'm low on some social scale, it doesn't mean that you can't accomplish something brilliant, amazing, meaningful, or impactful, or very, very positive, the role of being a father, the role of being a husband, Mm -hmm. to be great at that, to be engaged with your partners. You know, on LinkedIn and, and some of your statements that you've been talking about being engaged as a husband, as a father, just think of right that ball is snapped. You have that brilliant moment of unleashing everything you have. You wake up and you start your day and you look at your family And those are the moments where everybody's taking their place in the line, where the plan is in place, they have the intention for the day of, we're going to do this. If families take on that greater purpose and say, you know, my spouse is my partner, my teammate, and how you look at each other and say, we are going to do this together, or a father looks at their son, or a father looks at their daughter, or a mother looks at their son, or a mother looks at their daughter, and they say, this world where there's severe violence and, and depression and anxiety and negativity we are going to band together and we're going to do great things together. And each night we're going to come home and we're going to see the sun set together and we're going to rise again in the morning, see the sun rise together. Having a teammate in a family like that and unleashing your play when the ball is snapped and you guys going out and doing great things, truly, truly to do something great. That's not just for special people. It's for everyone. Would you agree?
2: A hundred percent. It's oh. funny because you, you start talking about royalty a little bit you, The picture I love is, you know, the movie 300. Yes. Is uh, Leonidas and his queen. I'm like, they're like just this, you know, just this badass, this chest out, shoulders back, like just this pride filled king and queen that I love. that Just have this uh, stone look on their face, you know? Yeah. And, and, and. Yeah, I love it because, I mean, everybody loves those type of music or those movies like uh, Gladiator, but because there's – there's all right, there's a battle and there's this intense love story. What people don't actually realize is those things are needed in our lives, especially for men. And it's funny because we have some natural tendencies to to push that stuff down because we've seen the ugly side of them. So Mm -hmm. we're guys – um, you know guys need a battle they need a, mm-hmm. a, a love a beauty to fight for they need a battle to fight in their life some sort of struggle to, so that they can fight and I'm not talking about the marriage battle which mm-hmm. that is it's worth right. but I'm talking about um, something to make them feel alive Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and it could I mean it could be you know we talk about like a midlife crisis you know where the guy buys a motorcycle but there's a reason that happened because that guy's looking for some adventure. He's looking for some sort of, uh, some sort of freeing moments where he's got to fight for something. And, and a lot of times, like, you know, the, if the wife doesn't want to, and okay, I guess financial reasons, we don't want to do that. Like put you into, into bankruptcy or some sort of debt, but we got to have those battle moments, those free moments, because if we don't get them, we start putting them into other places. And, 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 Society wants to put it down because they've seen the ugly side of it where, you know, we get these young boys or even these mash, these shootings or um, suicides or crazy stuff going on. They see issues like Columbine where, you know, we're like we've seen the ugly side of the battle and the adventure because they didn't have an outlet to get it somewhere else. And we kind of have mm-hmm. a, a weird thing where we want to make a boy sit in a classroom all day. And call it ADD, where you can't sit still. When boys aren't wired like that, you know, mm-hmm. boys mm-hmm. boys are wired to go play and go out and go use function in their body and like let's use our hands and feet and get crazy and mm-hmm. get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like that, so that stuff. I'm like keep. I, I love keeping that in the back of people's heads because, uh, you know, like where a, a mom. And it sounds, it sounds so super and so minuscule, so super small and minuscule, but like a mom that might say why a lot of guys struggle with their mom in the relationships is like a mom might sit there and call her him my baby boy forever, right? This is my baby bear and you're such so sweet and all these different things. That's great and love it, but it's also partially emasculating where you're trying, you're keeping that him to a baby when he needs hmm. to be indoctrinated into a man like i mean you know are are you married there yes sir so okay you know all right i'm married i got my wife this is my queen just like leonidas right i got this Mm -hmm. picture in my head this is who i'm holding high in my life she's the crown of my head signifying my kingship i'm like i am not a little baby bear (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know
2: i'm like i love you mom but i'm not a little sweet baby little thing that we're sitting right. and coddling forever. I'm right. like, I, I have to be a man. I have to be a protector. There's a reason we're naturally stronger is be, physically and it's the, it's to protect. And like, so we're, we're in that mode. So I'm like, I've got to be there to protect my family and I got to be there to lift them up in such a way that they're going to be bigger and stronger. And I'm like, I, I use this and my tie. always get it. It always makes me laugh, but I'm like, Hey, I got my wife and I got a 3-year-old baby girl and I'm and I'm speaking power in as much life-giving words as I can into her so mm. that she can at some point when baby girl grows up and some boys trying to rub up on her she can grab him by the balls and rip the sack off if she needs to
0: you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm like I'm like here's the, I mean here's the thing I I don't marry a timid woman my wife I don't want her to, I want her to keep growing in her strength in her power. So she knows her voice is important. So she, so she can challenge me. And she can challenge me and I can take that in a healthy way and not and not sit here and be like, don't talk to me like that. But if she can challenge me and I can take that, absorb it, chew on it and grow, then I'm gonna be a more powerful man. I'm like, come on, baby. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, hey, make me bigger. I'm gonna make my wife bigger so I she I can be bigger. But like but anyways I apologize, I'm getting off point but So many times in society, like we get stuck in that and some of it's control, some of it's whatever, but I'm like, these guys, we need it. And and Mm. women too, where they have a fight that they got to have too. And it's just got to be in the right way. My fight is for my wife. It's not against my wife.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, We need powerful relationships where each person is valued and respected and where we make each other better by not allowing ourselves to BS ourselves and where we can be truthful and vulnerable and where we can receive challenges and not have it completely mess with our ego, but that we view it as a, as a way to grow and be more powerful. And then we can better each other and become more powerful than we ever would have been if we had never joined in that relationship. And I think of you that the 300 analogy, and I remember there is that scene where the messenger comes from the invading army and says, basically, bow down and we're going to take over. Otherwise, we'll destroy you. And the king, with absolute fearlessness, realizes the gravity of the situation and what he's about to do. And he doesn't just do it. He looks at the queen. He looks at his right. queen in that moment. And that breeze <laughs> yes. comes in in that sobering moment. And and she knows exactly what's happening. He knows exactly what's happening. The significance of that for not only them, but their entire nation. And they look at each other, and that wind blows, and she looks at him, and she nods. And she said to him, I know, I know what you're about to do, and I agree. And then he (laughs) boots that guy into that well where there's plenty of earth and water down there, and they unleash one of the most epic battles in the history of the world to defend democracy and the nation states that have basically given birth to where we are today. So um, I love that analogy. I love powerful relationships. I love men and women. Who are all about being the best that they can be and being all that they are and selflessly serving others. Corey, I want to respect your time here. I know you got a lot to do today. I have six questions I always in the show with. Do you mind running through them with me real quick?
2: Yeah, after you got me all jacked up from that scene, yeah, I want to
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Seriously>. Okay. <laughs> who are you thankful for today?
2: Uh, well, now that we're talking about it, I mean, absolutely. I mean I faith God is he's part of it, like where he's brought me. But my my wife is a massive rock and is exactly that and challenges and supports and empowers me. So I'm thankful to her for doing that and let me doing this stuff right here where we can hmm. I can do something that's passionate in my heart.
1: Awesome. And then what are you thankful for today?
2: Food to eat because I'm the big man and I'm the lineman's <laughs> appetite never leaves me. But uh, I. I constantly fight because I'm a sugar hound and I destroy that stuff, but I guess any food to eat because i i've been I've seen the other side with some uh, sure. over in Africa where where people don't have it available so that's that's
1: what I'm thinking and for food and then
2: how do you fuel the fire within you? I seek other fuel giving opportunities and that's there's a lot of different places you can get that. there's um, books stuff that gives you perspective books messages uh podcasts I, I love craig grishel is the lead pastor of life church in oklahoma uh, he has 32 churches they have planted that's a lot and i mean you can look at that from a faith perspective but look even if you want to count that out look, look at that from a business perspective he has this leadership podcast that has a lot of gold in it and i'm mean, like that is success. That is incredible. You can lead a team like that. I get fuel from that type of stuff. So I go after messages and and people and other stories. So like if I can get something from from you and what you've had to overcome and your victory from that, that's gonna fuel me to go find something else. And that fills my cup like crazy. What
1: was one thing adversity has taught you to value? What you already have.
2: I uh, okay. We so much we want to get. To the next step, so much, and that's, that's very important. Don't want to discount that, but so many times we're looking for what's better or what's best, and the quickest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. And so that was so the same moment. If you're going through a storm in your life, you know it might be with a job or whatever. Cling to your spouse cling to your kid, cling to, you know, and, and lean into those other people that, those gifts that you have that, uh, can bring that life into it. Cause it'll, that'll, that'll raise you up. That'll bring the big rocks back into the bucket where it should be.
1: What are so, you doing today? You never thought you could. I never thought
2: I could sit, sit there and speak in front of 8,000 guys. Hmm. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I, I never had, I don't think I ever had a problem swinging the bat usually, but it was. Like, who, who knew you would get up in front of a crowd of that size and say anything substantial that, that resonated? You know, like that's, and it's part of what the enemy tells, he wants to break us down. Is like, you're not important. You don't have anything valuable, yeah, valuable to say, but, uh, everybody does. And if we can now just, just, um, you know, if we can structure that in the right way. <laughs> To get the right kind of response, but uh, you know who's, who knew that I could get up in front of a crowd or a conference or something like that and move it the same way you could move a room with eight people in?
1: What will you do tomorrow you never thought you could?
2: I'm going to travel. I don't know how, but I haven't done much travel with football. Usually it's, it's in one day and out the next right after the game. And I have a small taste of it. We went on a honeymoon to Bora Bora, which is crazy but last year I was able to go to Africa with Mark Patterson you mentioned that but with Chris Long's Foundation uh, Water Boys and Nate Boyer was in that and we climbed Kilimanjaro and we helped raise money for wells for places that had no water and it was an absolutely like a a perspective shaping experience because we live in a bubble here where I'm worried about how many grams of protein are in my shake, and I see it I'm sitting here I'm complaining about something at work and coming coming home to my nice home. And I'm like, the fact that I have my family and all these things in my life, while these people are struggling just to get a drink of water or to get food for the day, I want to experience more of the world. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Somehow, I'm going to find a way.
1: Corey, for those that want to learn more about you and what you're doing, how can they learn more about you? You can go check
2: out my website, CoryProctor.com. I'm changing it a little bit right now uh, to kind of encompass or incorporate some more activities that I'm I'm getting involved in. But go check out my most up-to-date stuff is on my social platforms, at Cory Proctor on Twitter and Instagram, at Cory Proctor Official on Facebook. And I do some live stuff. I do some videos. I just finished Men's Summit with Gateway Church down here, which is a humongous, massive deal you know, they had 4,000 guys at this one and just got done with a breakout session and interviewing some big session speakers that were just amazing to listen to but uh, but go check that stuff up out follow it like it share it I'd, I'd love any feedback that anybody's got I'd love to get that because I want to grow off what, other, what digs on other people
1: Corey yeah. I really appreciate your time for uh, joining me on Get Up Nation on behalf of myself and Get Up Nation all the best to you your family and those you serve Hey, thanks so much, Ben.
0: Thank you, Corey, for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. You've added fuel to the fire within us. This fire calls us toward a brilliant future we can forge into our present by celebrating the massive power within people, by celebrating the reality that we can affect massive change regardless of the sum total of our bank account and regardless of resume or title, by committing our thoughts and energy to a perspective where we refuse to limit ourselves, where we refuse to be perverted into tiny, twisted men, and women devoid of confidence, devoid of respect for ourselves and those we encounter. Instead, by focusing on who we are and what is possible, these shortcomings, failures, and feuds are shed and quickly forgotten, replaced by kindness, cohesion, and a spirit of achievement, pride, and satisfaction. Today, GetUp Nation honors men and women like Corey Proctor who have ascended the heights of professional endeavor yet remain committed to the most profound height there is to honor the gift of life to invest our talents wisely and deeply in our world, and to respect and treasure our partners in order to faithfully drink deep of this life in a connected and passionate way. Thank you, Corey, for describing the value of having partners and supports in our lives that challenge us to grapple with the truth without hiding or shame in order to be our very, very best self, a self free of fear and full of fervor, a self free of hatred and full of awareness and compassion, A self free of blame when the plan goes to hell, and full of anticipation and pleasure when it does because we view every challenge as an opportunity to grow and not to fold. A self full of the confidence and commitment that created the indomitable Spartan phalanx, where soldiers stood side by side in the face of bladed assault, understanding in an absolute way that their action and inaction affected not only themselves but those at their side. A self that takes timely action Instead of allowing oneself to drown in tidal waves of information using all of advancement for its true purpose to make human life free and sustained harmony with its environment and internal space, to be and exist without fetter, shame or excuse in the glory that is built upon the unshakable foundation of humility.